It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We're finally back. Uh, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. And uh, like I say every time that we're here, which has been a while. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program. In other words, we're, they are not responsible for anything that happens here. Yes. Uh, we're, we're all individuals, and this is our own opinions and, and experiences. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Chris Mandeville. I'm a man in long-term recovery. Um, we are here at a new way uh, recovery center in Quincy Ave in Quincy, Mass. Um, they graciously let us come here and, and do this podcast for you. And you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with um, some of the people that that work here. They're going through some things in their family with uh, illnesses, and yeah. you know, the, this this COVID is uh, taking its toll on everyone. Yeah. Um, just like. It, it's just like alcoholism and addiction. No one is exempt from this. Yeah, you know, that's it, right. it's just running rampant through Yale or jail. Yeah, everyone <laughs> from from Park Street to the Park Bench yeah. doesn't matter. Um, Rick, if you could pull that mic right right up close to you. Yep. So Alrighty. so tonight we have uh, keep it as close to your mouth as you can. Um, Rick, um, he had contacted Tom, right? And, uh, well, uh, yeah, Emily. Emily. Yeah, to uh, some friends, Emily. some friends that watch yeah, this podcast yeah. and and um, you know who who really like this. You know they they look out for us and they they hook us up with people that they think are going to fit our um, needs here. And you know from from the conversation that we've had already before this started, I think this is going to be a great podcast. So, oh, yeah. um, Rick <laughs> is a an attorney. <laughs> and yeah, believe he, it <laughs> believe it or not and, uh, so in conversation he's like oh yeah when i was in jail and i was like what <laughs> how, how do you do that i need to know yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna turn this over to work. rick and, and he's gonna share his story with Spraying us Spraying strength and hope yes yeah. nice yeah yeah thanks uh thanks for rick. coming Rick. yeah thank you thank you for having me yes uh, this is awesome it's really great to be here i love the messaging part of uh, uh you know recovery and it's real important, more important today than we even know. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I started out like a lot of other people, you know, uh, starting drinking, smoking pot. But I was a little, uh, you know, uh, I was talking, you know, back in the late '60s and '70s. So. Okay. So, you know, I, wa- I wasn't drinking a smoking pot. Yeah, back yeah then. no, I know. I was <laughs> sh- yeah. shitting in a diaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, we, but yeah, you know, it, it was different, but it was it's still the same. You know, uh, right? Yes. <clears throat> what yes. we we did is uh, what we we I, I lived in L.A. Lower Alston. <laughs> oh yeah, Lower Alston. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so we I lived to, in Alston once. Yeah, we used to sneak over through Harvard and go to Harvard Square. You know, we'd rob yep. everything that wasn't nailed down. We, you oh know, yeah. As kids, we'd go to Harvard Square. But back then, all the hippies were there, and they were singing Kumbaya and smoking okay. pot and playing yep. music and. Like they were really out of it, you know. But they were sharing. They had in a my bunch day, of stuff. It was punk rockers in the pit <laughs> at the Harvard School. Right, right. So we we hung around, and you know, we we got a little bit of. You started smoking pot and taking acid and all that kind of stuff, and 
you know, but the addiction was on. I just wanted more and more. But never once did I think that this was a problem. Um, I thought it was all about fun and it was great. And, and these yeah. people were pretty cool because they really liked music. They were singing and holding hands. And, okay. You know, and maybe this isn't the program, but they had these houses of love. You know, which I thought were great. <laughs> you know, I'm just a kid yeah. from Alston, you know. Yeah, things, things were different. Though. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. <laughs> it, uh, so, But what happened was it didn't last too long. Me, my friends, we were out. You know, we were drinking on the uh, park wall in Alston. We went from there to Harvard Square. And then, you know, one day uh, my buddy Mikey uh, said to me, he says, I, I tried something over the weekend. you got to come with me. You're going to love this. Hmm. So we, we cut through, <clears throat> went to Harvard Square, Central, Kendall Square, over to Mass Ave, to Marlborough Street. And I remember going up this third floor walk up. And, uh, you know, I walk in the door and I look in the right-hand side and there's a woman, like, leaning over, nodding out. And, like, she's stoned oh, and, with a yeah. needle in her arm. Huh. You know, and he says, this is the greatest stuff, Rick. You're going to love this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and then yeah. the woman comes out and says, has he ever gotten off before? And she says, he said, no. He says, well, tie him off. You know. Oh, yeah. So, and first time was Ivy. Just bang. bang. Yeah, bang. Wow. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, next thing you know. Uh, what, age, what age was this? Uh, I'd say 15. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were out there for Jeez. a while. We were sniffing glue at 10. And, and that's the thing. Like back, back then, when you were younger, yeah. it 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 happened. And then, you know, people like myself and Tom, we were a little older when it happened. But now it's back that way again. Yeah. Kids, so kids are getting high at fourteen, fifteen, twelve. Yeah. So listen, parents out there, okay, there is hope. Sniffing glue at ten, attorney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like they say you can do anything you want around here. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you put the, in the time and effort. The when people tell me that they did dope at 15, it gives me the willies because I just know how unprepared I was at 23. Yeah. Yeah. 15 yeah. like whew. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody was getting high on something because it was the yeah. 60s and there was riots and there Mm. March against Vietnam, and yep, yep. you know, it was a it was a drug addict's paradise, actually. You know, because yeah. everybody wasn't paying attention, mm. and nobody knew what was going on. Like my parents, I came from a great family: dad, firefighter, stay-at-home mom, five kids. Mm-hmm. St. Anthony's, you know, she, you know, would have the rosary beads and the St. Jude medals, and yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, you know, she didn't know uh, what was going to happen. She didn't know that this stuff was that dangerous and right. it's going to damage your life and your community you right know? right they didn't know and um so it snuck up on a lot of us so we i shot the dope i got a little sick but after i got sick i loved it oh yeah i, I remember done. that i, I remember done. that night when i got when i got vomited for the, for yeah. the first i think yeah. the only time i only did vomit once oh yeah gross yeah, so it was uh, it was good from then on on all the marijuana and the drinking all got left by the right, by yep. side. So we started yeah. uh, waste of money. So we started buying dope, <clears throat> and yeah, uh, you know, we were buying heroin and uh, lots of it. It wasn't as powerful back then as it is today. There was no fentanyl. You right. know, we were buying bundles of dope, twenty four bags. You know, shooting twenty four bags a day, and uh, yeah, that's how it was when, oh. when I was yeah. using. Stealing everything, though. You know, so now we have mm-hmm. to support these habits. So we have to come up with things that we know how to do and do right. Yeah, and we used to uh, do a lot of stuff. We ended up with some really nice gigs, and I made a lot of money. You know, I had this thing; I just loved it. You know, I used to steal Volkswagens. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. So I stole the Volkswagens, but I had a deal with this guy who worked for 
a, a Volkswagen dealership. And he had tags from Europe, and I took tags from the cars that we stole, and then okay. we traded them. So I punched the numbers. I had my own little stamp, my bill of sale. I had a punch set. You know, so you're I'm, making your own VINs. So I'm making my own VINs. Wow. But, so then I, then I, you know, I, I'm no, you know, bank robber or shoot 'em up guy, but I, I'm pretty smart about this stuff. So I put a little index card up on the bulletin board at BU, and I'd go into BU with the books under my arms like I went there. <laughs> so, so, so I put the little thing up there, and it said, Volkswagen, call this number between five and six. $4,500. Yeah, and it's probably a payphone somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shit-facing the payphone, <clears throat> you know, waiting to get high. And uh, they call. And, you know, these are the smart people yep, you know, yep. from, from yeah. college. So they're calling, and they're saying, oh, uh, you know, I saw your ad. You know, uh, I'm kind of interested. I don't know if, uh, if I can pay that much money. And I'm thinking, okay. And so the guy says, uh, <laughs> when can I come get the test ride the car i says well i i'm not available today because i'm going to kenmore square well that's where the dorm was and they'd say well that's where i am now <laughs> <laughs> i'd say well <clears throat> well i can swing by you can take it for a ride you know i'll pick you up out front you know and they did go and they'd drive it and, and you know they'd say well i have to talk to my father and i said i said all right i'll meet you back because i'm actually moving so i you know i'm packed up i'm ready to yeah go, yeah you know? we gotta we gotta do this today or yeah, not yeah all. yeah so <laughs> yeah. so they called and the father you know my father says it's not worth 3500 it's only worth four thousand i says ah you got me all right you know i need a oh. uh, cashier's check or a certified check because i'm moving so what bank do you Use, I'll meet you there, and they write the check. <laughs> oh my god, for a fucking hot box! Yeah, a stupid oh. Volkswagen. Yeah, you know, a Beetle. Which, <clears throat> so which today's so we, money is probably fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah but yeah. what happened too though? It got you know it got worse, and you know those you know driving without authorities became more and more, and you know in the end I you know I I had started doing they started arresting me for grand larceny because they caught me changing the. The oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so oh, the, yeah. The, you know, uh, so, so it was a little different uh, then. But what happened was too, we, like everything else, you know, we were shooting dope. It wasn't working. We were buying pills on the street back then. It was Dilaudid, morphine, blue morphine, Demerol. Yeah. No different than Oxy, just a different name. Yep, yep, yep. So I said, you know, I don't know about this. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't like having to go to Mission Hill and Roxbury and Dudley Street and everywhere else. Why don't we just go to the drugstore at night? <laughs> oh, so drugstore cowboys. Yeah, so we started robbing oh, drugstores no. at night. This is OG shit. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> yeah no, uh, <laughs> I think I've seen this movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, we, so we inspired it. But dude. but it was it was interesting because you'd go in there and you know we we would have those fucking trash bags, but you can't really see this. First time, you know, we're just yeah, getting yeah. used to we're we're perfecting the the, yeah. the art of robbing drugstores. Yeah. So we'd go in, and then I said, "We can't do it this way. We're grabbing Maylocks, all this stupid stuff, like, you know." <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> so we started going back out here. Actually, we were going here because you you could get prescriptions for uh, methadone pills. So we'd come Wafers. out here. There was a lot of doctors out here. So we'd get the prescription. They were interested in the prescription. I was interested in cashing the prescription and seeing where the pharmacist went when he got the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because then I found out they always had these little places where all of that stuff was. 
<clears throat> so I didn't have to waste any time. You, yeah, you're not running up and down yeah. the fucking aisles yeah. where, where <laughs> in the back where all the yeah. pills are. It's like <clears throat> everything I want yeah. is right there. So we started doing that in Robin Drug Stores. And, you know, uh, um, you know, so we started going to court more and going to jail more and stuff like that. And, and no kicking. kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kicking those habits, too. You know, those habits oh, were yeah. terrible. You know, like they didn't, they didn't give you anything. But, but also... You knew three, four days, the shit's going to be go. It's going to go away. It it's going to be over. Yeah. And like, I can get through that. Yeah. Now, I, before we came in here, I was watching this, this woman on Facebook and they were talking about um, Suboxone and Methadone. Mm. And the detox can be anywhere from two weeks to six months, what? depending on how long you're on it. Six and I, months? I know people who. From methadone? We're on Suboxone, mm. trying to get off it, and like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, they, they're still, and sometimes months later, they're still having, you know, but that, I, I did heroin. It was like, fucking, th- I can get through three yeah. days. I can yeah. do yeah. this. Yeah, I, you, the sickness was fun. Yeah. It was like a flu with a cold. Yeah, it's like, uh, but yeah. back then, we were fucking babies. Yeah, we were yeah. Crying. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, oh, my so God. God. No, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah I've, I've been pretty sick, though. I mean, I remember being like... You get those feeling of electricity flowing through right, you. Know, you're right, right. Laying there with the with the cold. But you knew a week and, you were oh. good. A week. Yeah, you knew it was only a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kicking those habits in jail, you know. Yeah. And the flats at Child Street Jail, slab. Yeah. Wool blanket, you know. Hot and cold water if the hot worked, maybe sometimes. But <laughs> you know, you just had to lay there and shake and shiver, yep. and the shit, yeah. shit got all through you and. Uh, <clears throat> but I was lucky. I used to be able to work in the kitchen, so every time I'd go there, you know, it'd be a couple of days, they'd come over and throw water in there, give me some toast or something. And they'd yeah. say, you're going to work at the end of the week. Let's get going, because you've got to sweat it out. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So we would do that. And, um, <clears throat> but it, it just got, it, you know, like I say, it never got better, never stayed the same. It always got That's worse. Right. Always got yeah. worse. That's you know? it. And I got sicker and sicker in the car accidents and and you know mm. all the stitches and you know all the stuff that happened to you physically and uh stabbings and uh oh yeah you know you know now we're meeting people that will kill you right yeah. but you don't no. give a fuck no you don't care no no and, you just uh, want what they had and yeah. you're gonna do whatever you gotta do yeah so yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah so you know no good and but i tell you what i did do because i come from a family of recovery and my you know a lot of my 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 family, I came from a family of five myself, but my mother's family was a 15. Wow. <clears throat> and, okay. you know, half of them were drunks and half of them were, you know, with the cookout falling down, smashing cars up yep. and stuff yeah. like that. So I was no stranger to addiction and, um, you know. Or so, recovery. Yeah. So when I was going to meetings, I mean, when I was going to jail, you know, I would actually, because you could get out of your cell if you went to AA, you went to church. You know, you, right. went, you went to yep. Same. GED, yeah. you know, I got my yeah. GED in Dare Island. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, we had made a bunch of homebrew and the commissioner was having an event on Dare Island. So, you know, we were in the kitchen. So we went down to there two days. We were going to be serving, helping them serve. So I put my homebrew on the sunroof of, of the extension of the house in the sun, you know, because I was afraid someone's going to steal it on me because yeah. a couple of guys knew where it was. You know, yeah. <laughs> so so I had it there, and so he, you know, he's bringing in all these people, and you know, they're socializing, and all of a sudden you hear pop. Oh, the pop, bag, the pop, 
<laughs> and it starts dripping down the window. You didn't burp it. <laughs> so the next thing you know, they line all of us up, and they say, everybody's going the hole. And the shit stinks. And they said, and everybody looked at me like, we're not going the hole because of you. Right, right. You know? right. So That's I knew right. the right thing to do was say it was mine. Fess up, yep. yeah. yeah. You know, so I went to the hole. And, you know, I keep saying 19 days. I don't know why it was 19 days. But I was there, and um, it was a shit bucket. No running water. Deer Island. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People have no idea. Yeah, the plant yeah. was that the, the the lockup was in the in, in the plant, and it was like a dirt floor. All right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this was bad. Waiting. Wow. I mean, this is how bad addiction is, though. Okay. So there I am with the stainless steel shit bucket. Yeah. My buddy's bringing in the shit bucket, right? They change the shit buckets out. They'll go down the tier and grab your shit bucket. He gives me my shit bucket. It's got home brew in it. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't that the best? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, addiction doesn't care. Right. It no, does not right. care, you know. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> so a lot of stuff like that happened, and, you know. But, you know, in the end, it got real bad. I got real sick, and uh, like everybody else. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't welcomed anywhere. Yep. Yeah, that right. was it for me. You know, yeah. uh, you burn all those bridges. No yeah, one wants to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, I was going to jail more often, and I was staying longer. You know, six months, nine months, eighteen months, and um, but in the end, you know, I remember uh, uh, getting out, and um, I knew I was screwed. Like you know, I knew uh, I, I wasn't going to be able to stay out. I just couldn't do it. You know, and um, yeah, and, and I couldn't. So <clears throat> I was back in another twenty-eight days, and. You realize the powerlessness at some point. And that's, I mean, that was the way it was with me. I was like, my last run was like, there's nothing yeah. I can do. And yeah. there's nothing I wouldn't do. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, I'm out of control. Totally, yeah. completely out of my own control. Like, yep. Scary. That's the scary thing. Yeah, but, and no, that when there was all these intervening things, like I said, I was getting down to my cell. I was going to AA. I remember down there around, a great guy from the Winthrop group. He'd come in, they'd put the meeting on. So I'd wait for him at the door because uh, he had street cigarettes. He smoked camels because I'm, I'm rolling cigarettes yeah, at this yeah, point, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so he'd come in, and I, I said to him, hey, how you doing? You know, hey, oh, good to see you at the meeting. He says, uh, oh, yeah, what are you doing in the back? I didn't know what he meant at first. I says, uh, hey, is there any chance I get uh, a couple of those cigarettes? You know? He says, I'll give you four if you sit up front. This is how bad addiction <laughs> is. You know what I said to him? Yeah. I can't. He said, why? I said, someone might see me. He says, you're in fucking jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Like, you know, yeah. the addiction was terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so things like you that. Because you knew addiction was bad, but you knew that people who you associated with, if they seen you in recovery, that could be worse. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Fear of what other people <clears throat> think. That's, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and, you know, but things started happening. People started dying. People started going to jail. People started doing, doing stuff. And, and, and I was with all, you know, I wasn't exempt from all that. I was just catching short time, mostly house time, one state time uh, up at Concord Farm. But uh, so what happened, though, um, I remember I was in, in jail waiting trial again. And, uh, and I had a little system going for myself, too, you know. Um, I remember a Harvard lawyer came in one day and he started, you know, for an arson on a fucking Volkswagen, I guess. It really wasn't me that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so they had it. And, and, and he's coming in. He's telling me all about they violated my constitutional rights. I says, relax, buddy. It's okay. 
I, I, I know what I want to do. He says, what do you mean? I says, let them hold me. Bring me back in three months. Because then I'm going to ask, because bring, 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 then I'm in Child Street where everybody I know, my mother can visit me. Mm. <clears throat> so he says, oh, that's crazy. We're going to fight this all the way to the Superior Court. I says, no, we're not, because I'll get five years in Superior Court. What are you doing to me? <laughs> said, Please do. Don't stop. <laughs> I said, I told the judge, fire him. I don't want him as my lawyer. Wow. No <clears throat> kidding. You know, so I ended up doing stuff like that. I just knew I was safer, like. In yeah. certain places, it's pretty bad when you're safe in jail from right. yourself, you know. But, yes. you know, I was up there one time waiting trial. My sister come up, and you know, my family was always good to me, you know. And uh, my sister came up and told me, uh, I just want to let you know that my best friend, he's, uh, he got shot in a drug deal, and he's dead at mm. 19. Oh, that's so, a tough thing to hear. But huh? you know all this stuff. You know, active addiction doesn't mean, you, you, you know, uh, you I mean, recovery doesn't mean you're just not using, but it takes a long time. So even if I wasn't using, I was still thinking of using. And right, were right. Tougher. My right. head was full of shit, you know. Yeah. And I couldn't deal with it. So I didn't deal with it, you know, and, uh, you know, until years later. But then <clears throat> same thing happened again, and it was a, a year or two later, uh, um, you know, when my family was visiting, and they said, you heard what happened to your buddy. I said, my other friend. And uh, I said, you know, um, I said, no, what happened? He said he uh, he had killed somebody. Oh, really? And he got a life sentence. Oh. So, you know, and and I'm starting to kind of get it a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah, because the, the consequences you, are starting yeah, to, you know, to uh, some of the people become that, aware of Yeah, them. some yeah. of the people in your life are coming in, whether it's a CEO, whether it's a family member. And yep. you're getting the shit kicked out of you, too. So it's becoming obvious a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. you know. <clears throat> and uh, I remember going to the infirmary, and back then they, they would give you Tarwin. It's like a pain thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Then. So we'd go to the infirmary, and I'd tell them some story about a toothache. I, you know, I need this, I need that. And the nurse who knew me from being there, and she said, uh, I'm not giving you anything for the pain. You don't have a toothache. He says, she said to me, what's up with you? She hmm. says, you don't look good. You, you don't look, you're acting right. I says, I just found out my my second best friend just got a life sentence. Mm. I says, I don't know how he's going to do that. You know what she said to me? She says, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, on the installment plan. On the installment plan, <laughs> she yeah. She said, you're doing it on the installment plan. She said, right. Rick, you're always here. Yeah. I was devastated. When I went back to my cell, I thought about that. Those are one of those moments when you put the head on the pillow, nobody else is there. Right. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, fucking, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so now I'm starting to get the awareness. I'm starting to right. get the message a little bit. <clears throat> and I'm getting sicker and sicker, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not stealing anything right. I'm fumbling. I'm smashing cars up. I'm not welcomed anywhere. And uh, so I, I was kicking my last heroin habit in uh, Child Street Jail, a pretty big one, and... Uh, there was a guy there from uh, Care About Now back then. It was this program. And I knew him. I knew he was clean and sober. I knew him from the street. And he came in, and I was in the flats, and I was really sick and stuff. And um, he says, uh, I think I can get you into a program so they won't violate you on all your, all your probations. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just some. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but back then, don't remember, they didn't have computers. 
So oh, you, yeah, everything you could go to paper. one court and say, no, I, I'm not on probation. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, so, so uh, y- you know, I, um, he came to me and he says, I, I want you to give it a try. I says, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't try anymore. It's just not, I can't do yeah. it. I just can't do it. He says, I want you to try for me just one more time, please. So we did, and we went to Steppenstone in Fall River. Never been to Fall River in my life. Um, so I'm down there. I'm in That's this house. That's still around, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah, they got a couple of different uh, uh, pro- extensions of it too. For yep. a woman's house with um, with children, stuff like that. And okay. Yeah, it's I, pretty I, good. I think Stepping Stone was something from uh, Stepping Wolf. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure, but I think um, some. The people who originally started AA had something to do with a stepping stone treatment center, and that might have been an offspring. Yeah, it was there forever. It was there. It was unbelievable. Nice people, abstinent base, AA, solid, all Mm the same stuff, step, sponsor, you know. Mm. So what happened to me was what they tell you if you come around here long enough and you stay. What started to happen to me, and I did not know this, but I was with the uh, AA community. I was in the fellowship. I had people looking after me. I was going to meetings. I moved from the back to the middle to the front. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I, I finally got a sponsor. I got, I did what you were supposed to do, and I'm doing the homework and stuff like that. And the next thing, you know, uh, uh, I, I decided that, you know, my sponsor says maybe you want to try doing something like get a job or go to school. So I went up to Bristol Community College, and it, you think I was breaking into a house or something. Now, how old were you at this point? I think I was uh, 19. Oh, wow. Still young. Yeah, so I'm up there, but you know, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I don't know how to ask for how to go to school. I right, right. And back then, it was they didn't have the resources. You know, they didn't have all these peer counselors. Yeah, now, right. now yeah. you could say, hey, yeah. I want to do this, and this yeah. person goes, yeah, okay. hundred people, yeah, they'd be doing done. it for you. Yeah. A uh, little, little closer with the mic, Rick, please. Yeah, oh, sorry. No problem. Uh, so, so what happened was I went up there, walked around the building a few times. I wasn't sure if I was going to go in. Fear, doubt, and insecurity. Case in the joint. Yeah, I, I had so much fear. It was unbelievable. And um, so I did, and I uh, went around. I finally went in, and I went to the front desk, and I says, I want to go to school here. So I didn't know what they were going to say. And the woman said to me, do you think you want to go? Do you want to go to admissions? I says, oh, yeah, where's that? She says, on the second floor. (laughs) So I did. I signed up for a course, and it was unbelievable. It was such a learning experience for me because I had to be there. I had to be on time. I had to be prepared. I had to buy a book. I had to do the simple, basic things, you know, and I did. And I went there, and I did what I knew how to do from the program. I got there early, and I stayed late. You know, and I sat next yeah. to people and I talked to people. And I was scared shit because I was talking to people that weren't falling down going to jail. I didn't know what to do. That might be one of the, one of the, another one of the huge benefits of going to meetings is learning to walk through fears and keep, keep doing, you know, socially awkward things that not, aren't normal without booze and drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? What you always did, what we always did before was, you know, you'd use so you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. You have an excuse, I was just drunk, you know, whatever, you know, or I was just high. Yeah, so so I went there and I showed up every day. I was never late. I always, Mm. you know, I mean, 
you know, still got the junkie in me, though. You know, I, I figured out if I raised my hand when I knew the answer, you know, there's less chance he'd call me if I didn't know the answer. So. <laughs> and I'm up front, remember, so it's I got good. my hand up in front of his face. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So anyways, but I got to talk to normal people who had regular lives, you know, and like, yeah. same as AA. You know, you hear people right. who have families and kids, and they go on vacation, and they go camping. And right. I wanted that, you know. I, I didn't know how to get it, but I, I really wanted to do Yeah, that I remember thing. being very jealous of that type of situation. Like, it just sounds so good, and I'm just so screwed up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm never going to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah, like, I wish that was me. <clears throat> you know, because of the car thing, I lost my license for life. Life? <laughs> wow. Yeah, life. But, again, you know, the program. So I'm in AA. I don't know, five years into AA, and I... He says, you know, maybe I should try to get my license. And my sponsor says, well, let me introduce you to this guy. He might be able to help you out. And so I did. I talked to this guy. He says, well, file, a, you know, get a request in and, you know, go over there, ask for a hearing. And I did down in Nashua yeah. Street, the old registry down there. Cinderella license. <clears throat> so I went there and uh, I'm at this hearing and they're going through pages of all this fucking larceny, stolen vehicles, <laughs> driving after suspension, driving without a license. Well, they ban you from Volkswagens, but you can drive anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so the next thing you know, I walked out and I got my license. So Incredible. I, was, I said, oh, my God. And my sponsor said, don't get carried away. The hearing office is in AA. <laughs> yeah right you the know, miracles yeah. that can happen you know, yeah you know so it was a community that kind of looked out for each other and you know so I got my license that was a big deal I had no teeth uh, all my teeth were broken in front you know fall and all that kind of stuff so I got new mm. teeth I started feeling like I could smile oh it's huge yeah big time especially for a young kid jeez yeah so I was there and then I walk I was walking down the street like I did a lot I just took a lot of walking I went to meetings all the time and I'm walking by this building and I wanted a job raking leaves doing something I needed a few bucks for cigarettes so I walk in there there's balloons out in front of the building and they're uh, doing all this stuff out there and I walk up and I go in the building and, and the woman says to me are you here for the big brother program it was the home for little wonders. I didn't oh, know. Oh wow! It was. No kidding. So I go and I, of course, as being an addict, and I said, "Yeah, sure." What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> like, I, uh, I want to know. Yeah, you know, give yeah, me, exactly. yeah, yep. you know, I'll do That's whatever what it takes. You know, and uh, <laughs> so I, I, you know, they didn't do Corys back then and stuff. So I, I filled out an application. I ended up with this kid from Nantasket who had a parents and had a family, but they got wa- washed out in a hurricane. So he was there, and his family was displaced. So he was my little brother. And, um, it's cool. So I used to go over there, and he taught me so much about life. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. A little kid. A little yeah, kid. Yeah, no you kidding. You know, I, I, I had to ask the guys in the halfway house, can I get a baseball glove? Does anybody know how to, you know, can you? So they got me gloves and a ball. Because you guys were probably mentally the same age. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have any fear or insecurity, though. I did. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just shit in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I did that, and that, that was great. And, and um, so these were all little things. And then the other thing that happened to me, which was so small but so big, was I kept walking by this ice cream store. And, I mean, this is just, you know, this is what happens in sobriety when you grow in sobriety in the fellowship. And I couldn't go in that store buy an ice cream for the life of me. I watched everybody else do it. Mm. I didn't have, you know, I just had so much fear. I never, yeah. never done that. Like, you right. know? Sober. So, so yeah. I, I, I kept walking by it and kept walking by it. One day I said, I'm going in. 
you think I was robbing a drugstore. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So in I go and I buy the ice cream and I did it. I accomplished. I mean, I did it. I paid for it. And I was walking out the door and it was summertime. It was like 85 or something. It was hot. So I'm walking down the street and I kept looking at the ice cream. I was so impressed that I got this ice cream. <laughs> Little but big, you know. Yeah, yeah what right. a contrast. A guy from who's in Deer Island, yeah. stealing cars and... <laughs> Say like all those God shots. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I and and that meant so much to me, you know. And uh, I was able to do that. And then the day came where the shit fairies got me, you know. And um, my addiction was kicking in, even though I was going to meetings. You know, those days they talk about. Oh yeah, we all have them. <clears throat> so I went to uh, the guy's name was Fred. He was like the the house manager. He wasn't a therapist. He wasn't a recovery coach. Yes, yeah. he, he was just sober. Yeah, it was overnight just staff yeah. or yeah. fucking. Yeah. <laughs> he was a babysitter, basically. Yeah. 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 So he said to me, How you doing? I says, Ah, terrible. It's never going to work. I can't do it. I can't stay here. You know, he says, Oh, really? What's happening with you? I says, Oh, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm confused. I, I don't know exactly how I'm feeling at all. I really feel like, uh, like a, I just don't know how I feel. It's just terrible. You know, mm. uh, and he said to me, Well, uh, what have you been doing? So I started telling him, I'm a big brother. You know, I'm going to Bristol Community College. Oh, and I got my first job selling light bulbs on the phone. The company was named Torch. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to sell light bulbs that were guaranteed for life. I sold a zillion light bulbs, right? (laughs) But I had a paycheck. I had a paycheck, and they actually took taxes. I was so impressed that I was part of... Part of society. Yeah, society, society you know, yeah. And that's I right. loved that. Upstanding memorialist. Yeah. I had a check and I was, <laughs> Community. I was contributing. Right. I was starting to belong. Buying ice cream <clears throat> and everything. Yeah. So I tell him <laughs> all of this and he says, I know what it is that you're feeling. I says, well, you know, for me, you know, if I don't know what I'm feeling, it usually is a bad sign. I'm mm. going down the hole at some mm. point. You know, when you have those mixed feelings or those feelings of doom and gloom. Yeah. So that's what I was feeling, but he says, I know what it is. You have feelings of self-esteem and confidence, but you wouldn't know it if you tripped over them. They're not familiar. You're not familiar with them. Wow, that's very insightful. I know, but you know, I, 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 I believed it. Like right away, like it made so much sense to me. Yeah, I yeah. got so you excited with it, yeah. that I, this was progress. I mean, yeah, I was really right. doing this. I yeah, mean, you're always waiting for someone to pull the rug off from under you or the yeah. other shoe to drop. So I run upstairs in the, my bedroom and stuff. I get back down on my knees, you know. Now I'm really praying and thanking them, you mm. know. I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you're right. This is definitely going to work, you know. And uh, I was so grateful. And all those little things, you know, one thing after another. And so I said, You got a, what you needed at that particular time. It's beautiful. But being available. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> you know, and that's the whole thing today. You have to be available. You have to be able to be you have to have some clarity of mind because you mm-hmm. have to, uh, what's that saying? You, um, you, you learn to listen and then listen to learn. Yep. Mm. You know, that was important. I didn't know that was happening to me, but that's what was happening, you know. And the biggest thing that happened to me, and uh, I, I think it was for me my spiritual awakening or an epiphany of some sort, but I'll go with the spiritual awakening. My mother was the best thing that ever happened to me. She never passed judgment on me no matter where I was. She would visit me everywhere from Deer Island to Child Street to Mass Mental 
to halfway houses, never smoked, never drank, never swore, had rosary beads around her wrist, you know. <laughs> mm, yep. And she'd come into the jail. They all loved her, the guards and stuff. They'd say, you can go over and sit next to them, you know. And uh, she'd put the scapula medal on me, the St. Jude medal on me, you know. Oh, yeah. And just then, just th- praying that yeah. it's going to work. Please. Then, they, then yeah. she'd say, well, you know, my sisters were all lighting candles for you, Richard, yeah. and, you yeah. know. But huh. ne- never said I was a loser, never said I was not going to make it, never said I was a piece of shit. Oh, it's unbelievable. That's yeah. important, yeah. yeah. All the stuff that you told yourself. Yeah. That's called, that's called unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's it, what kids need. That's what people need. Yeah, and, and I don't want people to confuse that with enabling. Right. That was not right. enabling. Right. My mother never said, oh, I'm so sorry you went to jail. She never did anything like that. She just told me, we have hope for you, and you are definitely going to make it. So she's down in Fall River. She gets on the Greyhound bus. She goes down there. She doesn't drive. Mm. You know, she goes to all of that to come see me, you know. Yeah. And she's sitting in the living room with me, and she put her uh, hand on my knee, and she said, Richard, uh, I, I, I know how hopeless and helpless you must feel, but I want you to borrow my hope until you get your own. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I was done. Yeah, I yeah. really was done. Like, mm. I looked and listened to myself. Now, don't forget, I had those little awakenings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and I started to feel like I, I, I might be able to actually do this. And so I started feeling a little better, like, I think so, you know, mm-hmm. mm. you know. And uh, so, <clears throat> you know, I stayed there for 14 months, which I never stayed anywhere like that. And, <laughs> unless you, <laughs> yeah, unless it was fucking locked. G- yeah, unless yeah. it was jail. <laughs> so, and, you know, and then I make my way down back to Boston and I come back to Boston, get a room in house. I get on mass rehab, get my food stamps and shit. And, Mm. Uh, I go up, sign up for mass rehab. I go to Boston State College. Not there anymore. <laughs> it's it's part of UMass now, but it was where uh, uh. the art school is down there in Huntington. Am. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yep. That was fine. I was no, in sorry. the right school for me because everybody that was there was you know nobody was a genius from Harvard or anything. So right. you know, mm. and I took courses. I did all the stuff I was supposed to do, and I loved it. And you know, it was such a challenge to learn about all the stuff I never had learned about as an adolescent. You know. Yeah. And particularly relationships with the people and the teachers and, you know, people caring for no reason. Imagine that. Just, yeah. yeah, just to care. <laughs> yeah. Not because they wanted anything. Yeah, right. But, but the way we think. Oh, my what God. The fuck's this, what's this one up to? What, what's this one scheming? You know, because that's how we thought for years. Yeah, like, we yeah. never did nothing for nobody unless there was something in it for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the wreckage of the past is terrible. Yeah. We, luggage. I have a. I have a. I had a U-Haul full of stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was it really weighed heavily on me. But so I stayed there, you know. And um, you know, I went to school. Uh, we started a meeting. Me and this guy Dick. Uh, so you were sat- still doing meetings, heavy. Uh, yeah, heavy time. meetings outside. But we started one in the school, twice a week. Mm, you know, I started cool. doing that. We got involved with the grapevine back then, and oh, yeah. did a oh, lot of yeah. grapevine stuff. Yeah, it was really cool, and. Uh, you know, so I, I, I was okay, you know, and um, I was going to meeting. I, I met a, a really nice woman in the program. Uh, yeah, I married her, and, um, uh, you know, we were going to meeting all, all the time, and her dad was in the program. My dad was trying to get in the program. He hadn't gotten to the program yet. Hmm. Um, but so, you know, I'm going there, and uh, uh, next thing you know, um, I graduate uh, scholar of the college. 
Now, what does that mean exactly? I don't know. It was not Harvard. <laughs> it wasn't Harvard, but I got like fifteen thousand dollar scholarship. Oh, beautiful. yeah. So, yeah. but you had to use it for a school. I thought they were giving me the money. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, how, where do I get the check? They says you don't get the check. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, a lot of that stuff doesn't go away when you grow up in the street. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. It, yeah. I still have a lot of it today. I, I kind of just don't talk about it. But um, anyway, so. Uh, I, I, I graduated and I went to work for family and friends of prisoners in Dorchester. Now, I knew those people. I knew a lot of those people over there. They, we did a lot of stuff for people behind the wall mm-hmm. as for families. <clears throat> so we were accessing, you know, prisoners and rights and visitation and stuff. And mm. I'm meeting all these lawyers that represented me, you know. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm seeing them and talking to them. And they're talking about D-hearings up in Walpole and Norfolk, you know. And I'm saying, yeah, but this is what I would look for and look for. And they said, maybe you should go to law school. Again, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> sign me up. Where, where do I sit? Yeah. You, know? Uh, I don't, you know, it's that mentality. I can do anything anyway. And then there's where the 15 grand goes. Yeah, so the 15 yeah. grand's going there. So I, now I'm applying to law school with 12 felonies and 14 misdemeanors. <laughs> Wow. So this this isn't looking Jeez. good. This is, but, but I, like I tell everybody today, to this day, because I'm still amazed. I did not. I know a lot of people told me I was never going to be able to go to law school and never practice law. I didn't hear that. For you didn't listen to right. Yeah, I good. Not, That's good. Because I was in the program. Everybody I had around me was telling me you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> They're telling me all this. Oh yeah, everything is possible. That means everything, Rick. You yeah. know. Yeah. 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 yeah you know. So I'm just going with that. And, uh, you, you know, I hung around with all the people that manifested and contemplated and just pushed that shit forward. And, uh, you know, so I was kind of immune to uh, the negativity of it. And they were close to right. Uh, I went to a lot of law schools and they laughed at me. And they flew me down to Pennsylvania, that uh, University of Pennsylvania, and the guy... The dean is sitting there with me. My father-in-law was with me back then. And we took the trip down there and everything. And he says, I just had to meet you. I said, why? He says, what makes you think you have the right to go to law school with your future, with your background? Yeah, yeah. What an asshole, you know? The right? What that makes you think you have the right to? Yeah. So wow. I had already believed I had the right to, you know, but... Um, that's that a weird, weird yeah. concept. And then know. I went, you know, I lived in Austin, right? I robbed Harvard day and night over there. So I figured I'd go to Harvard, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how to do any of this. So I, I get my mm. application. So I figured I'm going to bring it over there in person. Mm. What better way to do it, right? Just go yeah. right up there. Yeah. So I go there. I find the law school. I go upstairs and, you know, I go into the, the dean's office and, you know, Mabel Sable sitting at the desk, can I help you? I says, well, I have my application. Um, you know, I want to be able to drop it off. She says, okay, you can leave it over there. I says, yeah, but I have some things that really need to be explained. So I really need to talk to mm. somebody, you know, uh, mm. that, you know, that need to really be articulated. And that can only come from me. She says, well, we don't give interviews at Harvard. I said, <laughs> oh, shit. So then I'm walking out and the dean's doors open. So I just kind of lift. Yeah, I did. I did the little knock. And hey, yeah. I, uh, I, I opened the door a little. I says, "Hey, I'm just in the neighborhood. I got my application, and he's telling Mabel, who is this person? Call security. Why is he in my office? Yeah. Oh my God. So I didn't get into Harvard. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> but, uh, you know, uh, things really took off for me. You would be surprised, you know, people um, in and out of the program, tons of people out there that really do care. Mm -hmm. You know, I had lawyers oh, yeah. that came to my side that had represented me. And, you know, they were, the, they were the first ones standing up straight and writing me letters and telling me you can do this and stuff like that. And we did it. <clears throat> and I finally got into Northeastern Law School. And, uh, you know, it was the perfect school for me, pass feel, no grades. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Study groups. I was great with groups. I brought the donuts, the coffee. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But uh, you know, no, I did. So I, you know, first of all, I signed up for the uh, Prisoners' Rights Project. They're doing dehearings in Walpole. You know, half my now. Day. What's a what's a dehearing? Exactly? Disciplinary hearing. Yeah, you oh, get in okay. trouble in jail. In jail. D board. You got to see the D board. Oh, I see. I mean, I had a bunch of I had murder cases in there. Yeah, you yeah. can get a dehearing for a murder case and stuff like that. But I knew a lot of people in there and. Um, and I was going up there, and uh, it was kind of sketchy for a while. I was working with Nancy Gertner. and she became a federal judge, and she was the, with the ACLU. I was with them, you know. So I was all about, mm -hmm. you know, uh, prisoners' rights and stuff like that. And then they find out that I'm uh, ex-con. So the next yeah. thing you know, I'm going into Walpole, and I'm in the trap, uh, you know, between the— Oh, yeah. In the inside, and— uh, Sally Port, they call Sally it. Sally Port, yeah. yeah. So I'm in there, and uh, they're not opening the other door. Oh, boy. An hour. Wow. Next time it was an hour and a half. But Scary. I'm, where, I'm in the prisoner's rights project, so I tell them. They says you're not going there anymore. They're going to set you up. They're going to do something, and they're going to ruin your chance to practice law. Wow. So they pulled no me. Kidding. Yeah, they, they wouldn't let me practice. They wouldn't let me go up there. But I was up there. It was funny. You know, uh, he, he has passed away since. But uh, Danny, uh, Dapa, Danny Hurd. Uh, they were all in 10 block, and, you know, they just put the cages up so, you know, you get out for that half hour a day and that you could run in a kennel cage. Mm -hmm. But we're walking down past them to go to the hearings mm. like that, and he sees me, and he says, Ricky. I says, yeah, hey, hey, Danny. He says, how much time did you get? Yeah. I, said, I'm a, <laughs> I says, I'm a lawyer. He says, yeah. Yeah. there's Fuck no possible you. way. Right. So then I ended up talking to him and stuff, and he told me my best friend who got a life sentence was over in Norfolk, and you should really go see him. Mm. And I was struggling yeah. with that. I really had a hard time with that. But mm. I knew he was still using inside, too. I heard stories. Oh, yeah. So I went over, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I mean, his words, he'll tell you, you know, he says, you know, I, I brought the program to him. You know? Oh, cool! Yeah, I gave him what That's I awesome. had, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, and that was important to me. So we had these uh, AA pizza parties on Friday night in Norfolk. They let <laughs> us do it. So, wow. so completely different ball game at Norfolk than it was. At, where was the other Concord? You going to Walpole? Yeah, I, Walpole, well, Walpole, Walpole yeah. Oh, yeah, Walpole. No, yeah, Walpole was really not not great for anybody over there. Uh, but Norfolk was good. They had a yard. They had stuff they could do. And, um, you know, so we, we had meetings there, and it was great. And he was going, and, and one of the things, they had a lifers block, too, you know. Mm. And we, we were doing meetings, and guys were coming in. You want to talk about, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Now, these guys are doing life sentences, double life sentences. They're not getting out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're speaking about their sobriety. Right. Wow. But they're talking about gratitude. Wow. Like, I see my grandkids. Crazy. My right. sister sees me. I built a dollhouse for my for my uh, granddaughter. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, come on, really? Yeah, that's... 
Like that's a testament to what to what this program gives you inside. That's right. You yes. know what I mean? The inside that's right. stuff. Exactly. exactly. You know, and, and earlier you're talking about these spiritual awakenings, and like one of them is not enough to sustain your recovery. Right. You have to. Con- that's why I like that. You need yeah. to. You need to yeah. keep having keep those spiritual awakenings. Yeah. yeah. You know, like and. and like it says in, in some literature, it can be of the the learning variety. You know, like, ah, that's what that one was yeah. talking about. Right. Now I get it. It's not you necessarily know, the I don't white know light how variety. many times. Yeah, no, yeah. a lot of that. A lot that, of it is yeah. the learning variety, yeah, not I like the white that. light. Yeah, yeah. Right. This, like, I don't know how many times I'd be in a situation and be like, that's what that guy was talking about in a meeting that time. Yeah. You know, bing, like, light dawns on Marblehead. Yeah, I'm telling you, when uh, I, I, I really remember fondly when I was hitting, you know, seven meetings a week. You yeah. know what I mean? And and and, uh, and when this is all over, I'm definitely going to get back into it. You know, I, I really, yeah. uh, you know, when they, when, as soon as they clear us with this COVID crap, yeah. I mean, it's going to be wonderful. You know, I, I really feel like it's going to be uh, ev- just a flood of everyone yeah. out and about. You know Isn't what I mean? that's going to be great? That's going to be yeah, great. It really is. So yeah. the best part of this is uh, another one of these uh, awakenings. Mm. So, you know, he's doing a second degree. So he's coming up to the parole board. Mm. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> he hires me. He says, you know, I didn't hire me, but he said, would you do my parole hearing? Because you can, you can have a lawyer on life sentence paroles. I says, yeah, be my pleasure. I was so excited about this, so I go to the hearing, and who's the chairperson but Joyce Hooley, who was the person that helped me with my governor's pardon. So she tells everybody on this parole board, like, you have no idea what's happening right now to us. Right. (laughs) This is his buddy who he robbed, stole, and plundered with. Yeah. You know, and here he is, been pardoned by Dukakis, and Mm -hmm. he's practicing law representing his friend. Service. It was so empowering that the only thing I could tell you was every member of that parole board was looking at me like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you were you were a, a, a shining example of what recovery can do. Yeah, that's right. That's and, what for it them. Was. And, right, because I got up there in my opening statement, which was right from my heart, and it was all about the truth was I says, I want to start by saying he's responsible, he's taken responsibility, but he didn't wake up that morning and say, I can't wait to go out and take someone's life mm. and ruin my life. Yeah. Addiction did that. Mm-hmm. Dead silence. Yeah, wow. He got the parole. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's, After how many, a lot of years, though, he did. Yeah, correct? he did over yeah. 15. I think it was 18. Yeah. But that's. As a, and, and when you're talking about, you're talking about a kid. Right? Yeah. He was a kid, a kid when he went away. And, uh, yeah. you know, people can change, and that is the beauty. So how, of, how long have you been practicing law now? 32 years, 33 years. And you've been sober well, how long? I've been sober, uh, I was sober 32 with a 10, I had a 10 years and a relapse, so I've yeah. been around a long time. I grew up in AA. Yeah. I, you know, there's no other way I can explain it. And that's also what I decided was one day that I have to stop being, you know, I relapsed because I thought AA, I could do AA on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh-huh. You know, I moved from the front to the middle to the back and yeah. I was smoking outside, didn't go back in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
And, mm. you know, I had the job of a lifetime. I was practicing law. I was representing some crazy people, flying back and forth to Fort Lauderdale, definitely out of my element. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I had the Brooks Brothers suit on, really nice, you know. All the, all, all the yeah, things yeah, that yeah. AA oh, gave, gave you, yeah, yeah, took you away from AA. You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm on the plane one day. We're in Fort Lauderdale, going to Fort Lauderdale of all places, you know. Spring. The, the wet T-shirt contest. <laughs> in the spring. Yeah. And, yeah. They, yeah. and they owned those places. So oh, yeah. I was like the guy from Boston. So I'm on yeah. the plane, and the, the 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 stewardess who we knew, you know, we were down there every a couple of weeks, and she says, uh, "Can I get you something?" I swear. She didn't say anything different than, "Can I get you something?" I said, "Yes, get me a coffee and an anisette." I'm a heroin addict. What the hell am I doing with anisette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, fucking licorice flavored. I, I know, <laughs> but it was that it was for some reason, and I remember sitting there. You know, really, really together. You know, I represented these guys, and they bought a lot of trailer parks and stuff. And there I was, and I remember, uh, just like they say in the big book, you know, I put that glass to my lips. God. The the whiskey and the milk. Yeah. The, the, well, the whiskey and the milk. The Same flat, fucking thing. My life flashed. Yeah. Flashed before my eyes, but I couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. And my sponsor wow. told me afterwards. He says, hey, if you remember. In, in the program, they say there comes a day that no power on this earth will keep you away, keep from, you away from, from a drink or a drug. Yep. That yeah. was my day. Yeah. I you was, needed that experience. I did. I was yeah. a lawyer, and nobody knew what happened because I was in Florida. Thank you, God. Because yeah. I was on probation for six years when they gave me my license. They, uh-huh. you wow. know, so I had to be really careful. They would like nothing more to take it away from me. Yeah. Wow. What my, a story. Uh, wow. My first sponsor, <laughs> he, he, got ten, he got 10 years sobriety. Ended up relapsing. Yeah. Mm. And and then, you know, so he's he's basically a uh, convicted felon, and now he's painting police stations. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and the, you know, you, you talk about the ice cream. I remember me and him sitting down, and we're sober. I'm sober quite a few years. He's sober quite a few years. We couldn't fucking figure out where to go to eat. Oh, I know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Uh-huh. I don't know. Where do you want to go? But like the things that I've learned from from you know those things, those those you know spiritual awakenings uh-huh. and, and like all that's it's it's insane. I was working for him, my get well job, yeah, uh, painting right, and we're, we're working in Boston Police Headquarters, right. <laughs> so this guy at the desk one day gets a. He he's got a he's he's a convicted <laughs> felon. He's got a fucking access card to the Boston Police Headquarters. Walk in the back door, beep, go inside. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. proven himself like yeah, like you did. Yeah. yeah. And this guy at the desk gets a hot on for us one day. He's just, how do you have that? Blah blah blah. He took all our names down, ran all our names, and proceeded to fucking email our records throughout the entire Boston Police Headquarters. Oh jeez. But something happened wow. that day with the email, and they didn't go to everybody. Yeah. So a few of the people were like, they they came up and arrested one of the guys right out of the thing for a warrant that was like 14 years old. Yeah. Wow. He had no idea he even had. And uh, I I remember walking down the hallway and like the people that we worked for, for facilities, knew exactly who we were, what we were about. And and this big, (laughs) huge detective, big black guy's walking down the hallway. He goes, yeah, what that guy did, that shit was illegal. And he just kept going. Yeah. And I'm like. But wow, no I was kidding. okay. Yeah, I, I got I got thirty three adult arraignments. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, 
I was fine with people knowing who yeah, I was. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, listen, right. I agree. It, it, it is, you know, my friend Teresa says it all the time. It is what it is, yeah. but it's not who I am today. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And and yep. it's like But that but that's interesting too, because when when I was in law school I had a professor who was my mentor and he was the one who really navigated me through uh, um through law school and, you know, kept that vote of confidence every single day. And he had the clinical program, which was the court program. So I mm. signed up for the court program. You know, they send you to court with a client. Yeah. I was back the same day. He said, what did you do? It was supposed to last three months. I says, I got a great deal for the guy. He threw a brick at the ambulance. You know, we apologized. They continued the case. They gave him a fine, and that was it. He says, no, you're supposed to do the whole case. I said, well, give me another one. I'll go back over. And I knew the judge. <laughs> yeah. I knew the judge, and he was, like, looking at me like he knew me. Yeah. Um, but anyways, what happened to uh, uh, for me is that, you know, I was kind of, you know, I didn't know who I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to belong. And, mm. You know, I, I really had a lot of shitty examples, you know, even in yeah. sobriety. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, these people we think that have everything. These, yeah, yeah, the yeah. smart people. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, the I think people, they got it all figured yeah, out. Yeah, all of this stuff. Yeah. So I don't know for nothing. I used to rob their stuff. Now I wanted to be like them, but I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. But right. my, my, my professor said to me, Rick, I just want you to, um, the best thing you could ever do for yourself and for everybody else and all the people that you could help is just stop apologizing for what you did and become who you were and who you are and use that mm. to help people. So I decided I Good was advice, gonna, yeah, I was from gonna, the professor. I was gonna be a criminal lawyer, right? Perfect. This is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walk in, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I knew the I knew I knew exactly how to get there early, look at the docket sheet, who's in lockup. I knew all that stuff because yeah. it was on the other side. <laughs> right, right. So I did, and you know, I was a juvenile lawyer for a while and it worked out great. And I really liked helping kids. We did a lot of programs and a lot of people from the program spoke at our programs and that. And then I went to the adult court and I remember going Going into this one court, you know, and uh, this court I was I was in, and uh, I, I it was where I was sentenced eight times. Mm. So I get, you know, I was I walked in there and I was really scared, you know. I mean, it was like trauma. It was, you know, I, Ex- I, yeah. I, I you know, I saw my mother who was no wasn't even around anymore. I saw her in the back crying, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't yeah. good oh, yeah. for me. You know? yeah, yeah. And who do I see? My old probation officer. She comes up, gives me a big hug, right. Margie Vance. <laughs> she says, oh, my God, I've heard all about you. You've got to come in. I've been telling the judge all about you. And wow. I'm thinking, holy <laughs> Jesus. You talk about the gifts, you know. Right, yeah. And she goes in, and everybody's in court. They're in session. And she goes, judge, judge. You know, this is." And he says, all right, we're going to have a recess. Come up here, he says. Oh, you know, I heard about you. That's interesting that you did that. Mm. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of you. Uh, he says, what are you doing? I says, I'm practicing in the juvenile court. He says, well, let me tell you something. This is in juvenile court. So I says, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, this is not going to be good for me. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, but I'm going to tell you something. It would be an honor to have you practice in this court. Imagine wow, that. that's huh? cool. Isn't that, that is like wild. unbelievable? Yeah. You, yeah. You know? I, can just, I can just imagine standing there like, did I just fucking yeah. hear what I think I, I heard? I, Looking yeah. behind you like, who? Yeah. No, you talking that, to me? Yeah. You talking to me? So, you know, that was it Amazing. for me. I took off with that. And, yeah. You know, I, I started expanding that into other courts and other stuff. And, and I became my recovery. And I became that practice. And I saw that most of our cases were all addiction cases. You oh. know? 
All of them. You know, so we're over there with food. So, you know, fast forward, I decide to, to get a recovery coach to work with me in court, but I'm not telling anybody it's a recovery coach because I'm not sure I'm supposed to do this. Right, right. right. So, <laughs> so, but it's the same kind of stuff as before. We're just going to yeah, yeah. kind of fudge it and see what happens. Uh. So we got there, and the recovery coach is great, and she's really accessing treatment. She's on the phone. She's getting people. If we held you, it would only be for five days until we got a bed. Yeah. We're making right. all the connections. So this is a brand new thing. Nobody else has ever done this. So it wow. got better. And that's when... Stephanie came into my life, and, and uh, she was over at Granada. I, draw, I was dropping my daughter off at Granada, and I'm listening to her on the phone, and I'm thinking, this is somebody I really needs to work for me. Mm. She is awesome. She mm. got, gets So your this. daughter was going to treatment. Yeah, she was going to treatment, yeah. right. Okay. So, and, and, you know, and, and Stephanie was, so I gave her my card. I said, call me if you're interested. Never call me for about a month. And then she said, what the hell, I'm going to call her. Mm. So she calls me, she comes over, and I says, this is what we do. You know, we write for LexisNexis. I write for a national law book. I write for uh, strategies for uh, substance use and abuse. In, oh, wow. uh, in alternative dispositions. Um, so we write a whole chapter, never done before. A law book that's just about addiction, alternative dispositions, and, and, um, and, and other ways to you know deal with people in yeah. addiction. So she's cool. there, she's with me, we're in court, and she's killing it. Like, she's, she's on the phone. We're getting people that day into treatment, right, you know? Right. Mm. So we're trying to find out how to transport them, too, you know? But I'm transporting them. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell the judge, I'll take them, you know? Wow. <clears throat> so we, we became very successful in the sense that not only uh, uh, to, to the court and, and, and the legal profession, but to the people we serviced. And I think one of the most important things is what you guys were talking about, what you'd like to see happen and, you know, what you think you could do. Yeah. Hmm. Is what happened to us, too, is that people kind of knew us. They mm-hmm. knew Stephanie a little bit. She has a similar story as mine. So it was awesome, yeah. you know. So people would actually listen and trust us. Yeah, because you knew what you're talking because you've been there. But right. that was so important to That's get awesome. them to say, what did you mean, you know. Mm. And so we mm. were able to access that person, and we did. And the next thing you know, um, I mean, they're calling us. Their families are calling us. You know, we're following them up in the program. We're following them out of the program. And it's it's working. That's that's what no one has. Right. No one has. Like, okay, you're going here, boom, that's it. You're, you're written off. See you later. Yeah. No, no follow-up. Right. No follow-up, yeah. Like, yeah. Like always now, has to be followed. Like I now mean, with the recovery coaches and, and, and if there's an OD, there's a cop going to the hey, house. Yeah. Hey, I'm not here to arrest you, but yeah. would you like some help? Yeah, this is you what know? we need. We need, to, the, the, we need to change the way we treat people. In yeah. But, but, I, you know, but I had, a, you know, I was blessed to have Stephanie because she, she's one of us. I mean, clearly one of us. Yeah. Not just, just the addiction piece, but one of us. So... I would be talking, because don't forget, I'm practicing law. I'm arguing for no bail. I'm arguing all these yep, circumstances. Yep. I got mm. the hands going in the air and everything else. And But the client would be walking out, and she'd follow him without me asking her. And slap the card on him. Give <laughs> me your phone number. Give me your yeah. information. Where are you living? Uh, you're going to have to go to a meeting tonight. I want to see you. I'm going to call you. If you need anything, let us know. Yeah. And so they would, even if they wouldn't go into treatment that day, it would just be the week after. But they, you should see our phones in the law office. 
That's... You think it was a transitional detox? I mean, they're calling <laughs> constantly. But you know, I mean, these you know people that are uh, you know uh, dedicated and compassionate. Um, like Stephanie is uh, with this mm. recovery stuff, it shines through. In yeah, me, right. You know, yeah. I mean, I I have to tell her. You know, I've been doing this a long time, maybe a little too long. So I don't have the patience she has. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, 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 I have other stuff to do. You know, I'm trying to find out. You know, fig- finish the emotion to suppress, or um, yeah. you know, trying to mark a case up for a jury trial. But she just sits there with them, and you know, no matter how many times they call. So what does she do? She says, Rick, everybody keeps coming here. COVID's here. But I says, what are they doing? I don't know if we're supposed to have people in the office. Well, I keep them all apart. Everybody, I bought a box of masks. I bought a box of this. And I'm making <laughs> sure everybody wears a mask. So they're all around the table. She sa- I says, what are they here for? I mean, you can't keep interviewing these people. I can't charge for it. She says, no, I think they just want to be here because it's like a meeting because we all talk about program. Mm. She says, let's have a meeting in the backyard. So I get the chairs. I'm buying Adirondacks chairs. I'm buying all these plastic <laughs> chairs. And we did. We had all of these people, and they came from every year. One day, one guy came, you know, because there were no meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, yeah. I'm celebrating 20 years. I had nowhere else to go. Wow. Wasn't that cool? Pessa. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It was really cool. So she got nice. she got all this going. It was awesome. And people from everywhere were coming from the halfway houses. Uh, you know, one of the directors from the halfway house come over and we knew he was coming. Just too. to see if it was legit. Legit, right. Yeah, and yeah, he wanted yeah. to see if we were social distancing. <laughs> yeah, so, he's probably you know, oh, yeah. guys would probably say, yeah. Hey, I'm going to bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So we gave up, you know, I told everybody, you know, put the fuck in. everybody grab the mask, put all the chairs away, you know, yeah. do all this stuff. So he came, he thought it was great. And, uh, you know, before you knew it, uh, you know, and then it started getting cold and stuff. So the next thing, they wanted to move it into the law office. <laughs> so, so, but a lot of people kind of fell off. It was getting cold. They weren't yeah, coming. So yeah, there was yeah. a small group, and they came and that. But I got to tell you, so what happens then is um, we have a, it's a big piece of property. So she says, well, I'd like to start just a pilot program of like a woman's sober house. You talk about being in your recovery. Yeah, right. This girl's not missing a step, right? So the next thing, you know, we come up with the terrace house. And so she says, she got me incorporating the thing. Oh, yeah. Nice. (laughs) I got a bank account. And she's got three or four beds. She's shooting for five. So, uh, and it works. It's really great. She's got some great access to people and they come in and, you know, they stay and she's got a great program. She's got individual counseling yeah. groups like that. And that's the thing, like the, the, the sober housing blew up there for a while and yeah. it was about making money. Yeah. It no. wasn't about helping the addict. No, this was, this yeah. is, you know, these people are so, I am so impressed. It's like old time recovery for me because, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, when we came around. There was nothing else. So you had to go to AA or die. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, so we did that. And uh, so we ended up with, and you talk about, you know, coming full circle in your life. And, and you know, I'm so grateful to my God and to uh, God of my understanding in AA because yeah. I, I got to tell you, I have recovery law. You know, I have a website about law oh, and recovery. Oh, yeah, that's your website. Yeah, but it's about, it's about accessing treatment. It's awesome. It's about dealing with cases. It's about mitigation. It, you know, for me, it's about reducing recidivism. Yes. I don't want people right. in the system. I want them right. out. And then, you know, with Stephanie and them, they come up and they come up with this other whole thing. And, you know, it's like you're in the thick of recovery because what we all know is the more you give away, the more you get. 
for sure. And you know, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing because it's saving people. And and, uh, and how many beautiful minds have we lost due to this this uh, disease? You know what I mean? How how many yeah. um, advancements or or, or you know, yeah. artistic uh, creations or, or just the production of of the people who are addicts who lose their life or spend their life, you know, lost to addiction. You know, how much, what's the cost of that? It's unfathomable, you know? Yeah, I, I just want to say to anybody who's listening out there too, and um, I'm not, I'm nobody, I'm not unique and I'm not special. I grew up in a blue-collar family. I came addicted to heroin at, at a real 15 years old. I lost everything. There was nothing else for me to lose. Mm. And I was able to, through the grace of God in the program, I was, I was able to become an attorney. Mm. And it doesn't mean people could have to become an attorney or whatever, but, but everything is possible, and that right. means all things. Right. All things. The program opens that door for you. And, you know, we just got to get over those feelings of less than, you know, not yep. feeling worthy, and feeling it's the most loneliest disease, you know. Um, yes. And, you know, we don't have to be lonely because we have a community. We, you know, we have a fellowship that nobody sure. else has. I don't know where else you go. I went to Bridgewater, but I was on the other side. Yeah, for yeah. The criminal, uh, yeah. I, was, I went to Bridgewater. Did you go for the, on the criminal side? Yeah. The F1, F2? Yeah, I was yeah. up where the bubble is. Yeah. Inside yeah, wild, the old wild, wild state prison. Some, there's I was there. people in oh, there. Oh, yeah. I mean, those people. No, listen, I sat next to a guy, and my cousin was there, too, and he says, uh, Rick, I don't think you want to sit next to him. I said, why? He says he's the 128 sniper. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like sick people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was it was crazy. And I'm standing in the line, and someone yells out my name huh? in the chow line, and I turn around, and it's fucking Two kids I went to that I grew up with. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. What yeah. happened? I said, heroin. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. So now they get, I weighed up like a buck 20. They're throwing extra food on my plate. Now everyone's fucking pissed. Everyone in line's like, why, why is he getting extra food? Yeah, like, right. Fuck. When I, went there, when I went there, I was looking out the, the windows through the bars at the fences I put up when I was 17 years old. Yeah. Um, I went in yeah. there and put up a bunch of fence. And then Talk I'm about in a there kick looking in the nuts. And the, 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 the fence is keeping me in. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty intense. Well, <laughs> like, what have I done to my life? I don't know where else we get this though. I mean, all the therapists, all the psychiatrists. Yeah. I mean, I was on the board, ready for shock treatments at Mass Mental. I don't know. Wow. Where they there, had there needs to be uh, like something needs to come together. But we know what it is because it worked for us. Yeah. When right. I go in those jail cells and I see people, and they know about me because I've been doing this a long time. They yeah, they yeah. always say, "Oh, you're the criminal that became a lawyer." Yeah. Yeah. I want, yeah. You, I want you as my lawyer. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But uh, what I tell them, and I look them right at them, too, and we've had some real miracles come out of that situation. I tell them that they say, well, what do you think? I didn't do it. You know, I'm not guilty. And I say, stop. All I want you to know is you want what I have. Yeah. But you got to listen to me. Right. You know, and uh, they do because they can trust us. Yeah. Because right. we come from the same place that they come from. But I really believe everything is possible, you know, and um, it's through the grace of God and the program. I would never have anything, nothing that I have today. Six kids. Mm. I was busy. So, <laughs> beautiful. yeah, I, I mean, I, that's, that's, that's the, the gifts of, of recovery. I, I mean, I'd love to 
keep going yeah. with this. No, no. I mean, <laughs> but we can we could probably have you back on, yeah. on another time. <laughs> yeah, but you should, um, should have Stephanie back. Yeah, absolutely. Stephanie, Anyone yeah. that you want. Stephanie's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's Recovery Law. RecoveryLaw.us. Yeah. US. And, you know, okay. I'm sure there's plenty of, of families of, of people who, you know, don't know where to go. Yeah, and then know? they can get a hold of Stephanie at the terracehouse.org. So that's the woman sober house. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice. And, um, and they're available for conversations, anything. Yeah. It's all free. You know, Resources. You can, you can you know, talk to anybody over there. I'll, uh, I'll put that in the comments a yeah. little later. Yeah. So, yeah, this has been amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't thank podcast. you enough. Thank I love you. your messaging. This you know. is... I think and, and something it happened. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's really good. This and was I supposed hope, to happen like people. Yeah. It's supposed to happen like three or four times, and it just didn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Oh, oh, I know. Well, we yeah. had COVID. The COVID. Yes, had, just uh, and then a storm. Yeah, yeah. the storm, yeah. and then you yeah, know, but Pam nothing was stops sick. us, right? Yeah, nothing stops. No us. way. No, it happens when it's supposed to. Yeah, consistent persistence. So that's what it is. All right. Once again, you can subscribe to our podcast at lolterms.com. We will. Tag all of the information that you heard on this in the comments. Um, anyone that, that needs help, um, if you want to reach out to us, myself, Tom, um, we can get you in touch with the people that you need to. Absolutely. Um, Let us know. So once again, that's it. Peace. Right. Thank you very so much. much. Yeah. All right. Great. Peace. Thank you. I live in this world full of anger and hate and nobody is safe in this place. Oh, my God, I'm me. Trying to stay sane and ain't easy.